but also know that if you put your mind to it and research it enough and know what you're doing, that you can also train and raise your dog the way you want them to be. Yes. I think so too. You can, you can train your dog to pretend like they're happy to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Doom, 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 boom. Let's snooze, snooze, boom. Let's snooze. Welcome to Let's Boop Snoots. My name is Vero. And I'm Heidi. And we're gonna poop. Poopy poopy poop. <laughs> that was very weird. Sorry. <laughs> that was the weirdest boop. That was ever. the weirdest boop. Usually we sing. Yeah, most of the times we sing, but I just I don't know what just happened there. I apologize. <laughs> you got jammed. <laughs> <laughs> That was the weirdest boop ever. Y'all are witness to the weirdest boop ever. <laughs> We're going to talk about some um, some doggy qualities. Mm-hmm. If you think are. dogs are born with qualities, if you think you can train them out of your dog. What do you think? What do you think? We're going to tell you what we think. Mm-hmm. We will. But before we do... We would like to thank Holy Raw Nutrition for supporting Let's Boop Snoots. Holy Raw is a raw food service located in Chelsea, Quebec. Their products are sourced from ethical local farms and butchers to ensure freshness, quality, and peace of mind. They have raw blends that come in one to two pound containers ranging from chicken, beef, duck, turkey, and many more. Holy Raw also provides dehydrated treats and all natural supplements to help support your pet's overall well-being. You can find them on their website at holyrawnutrition.com, holy raw as in H-O-L-I-R-A-W, nutrition.com. Thank you, holy raw. Thank you, holy raw. And also a big, big thank you to Stray Dog Brewing Company for supporting Let's Boop Snoots. They are located at 501 La Colway, Unit 4 in Orleans, Ontario. Stray Dog Brewing Company is open seven days a week, Mondays through Fridays from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. with extended hours on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays until 9. Weekend hours are 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Saturdays and 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Sundays. They are a pet-friendly brewery, so bring your snoots. They also host great events throughout the week and offer brewery tours. Make sure to try some of their in-house beers, including Oatmeal Stout, Tropical Knockout, One Hop Wonder, and many, many more. You can find them on their Instagram at Stray Dog Brewing Co. and their website, www.straydogbrewing.ca. Thank you, Stray Dog Brewing Company, for supporting a Let's Boop Snoots. Merci, là. Merci. <laughs> Merci, là. So, I'll tell you all where this idea for this episode came from. So... I was scrolling the Instagrams the other day. <gasps> no way. The, the Instagrams. And um, saw this video of this woman. And I can't even remember. I think she belonged to like a dog training company or was involved in some sort of like dog training for sports or something like this. And anyways, it was a short little video where she was ranting about people making statements like, oh, it, it, like, it all depends on how you raise the dog or how the dog was raised. And she was saying, that's absolutely not true. Dogs have innate qualities like personality traits and stuff like that. And that it doesn't matter what you do. And so you need to be, it's your responsibility is to be informed when getting a dog. So if you're getting a sporting dog, knowing what that means, if you're getting a guarding dog, knowing what that means, a hunting dog, whatever their job is, or like what their qualities are 
uh, part of the breed, like what they're bred for, is important to know and and should guide your decision on what type of dog you're getting for yourself. So, and she was saying that like, there's just certain things that you can't do with dogs. So I get where she's coming from. She said, if it's a rescue, like too, that you should absolutely do your best to find out everything you can about their background so that you know. Mm -hmm. So I agree with her statement and I don't. So like just from the stories and stuff that Vero and I were have talked about over the year years year years, <laughs> years, years. <laughs> of podcasting <laughs> is that I dogs are like humans and like yeah there's certain ones that are certain ways or you can make blanket statements but I don't think you can go around making bl- blanket statements about anything really because there's always like one-offs and there's always individuals yes. so starting off like Vero brought up like a perfect example when she talked about her one of the dogs that she owned in the past Wiggum right tell us about Wiggum Vero Wiggum was a chocolate lab and he was the most independent lab ever Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I remember getting a lab because I wanted that like cuddly friendly dog and Wiggum was none of that he was like good but he wasn't cuddly. Like if you lie down beside him or sat beside him, he would just like get up and and walk away. Yeah. And he just never really greeted me at the door. He would stay on his bed. Um, (laughs) You're kind of like disturbing him coming home after work. (laughs) Like it's so the, yes, exactly. Like opposite of a lab and you got him from a breeder, right? Yeah. So and pure I don't bread. Know if I could have trained Wiggum though to pretend to be happy when I got home. <laughs> I could have trained him to come see me. So every time I'd open the door, I'd be like, Wiggum, come, and then I'd give him a treat. So every time that I would come home afterwards. Yes, exactly. Like once he knows, like he would come and see me. To get a treat but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's his preference right no but but again like you could have trained him easily because that's just drive training so if you yeah. train him that when the, he hears that door he hears the even before you come in the house the door closing on your vehicle and she's like oh man she's home <laughs> and like whether that be like he was the lover of socks would eat <laughs> every single sock in sight so even if it was using like that's a high value toy right so like and I say toy in air quotes here because he like ate them and so many times you were like he ate another sock am I going to the yeah. bed or am I waiting for him to poop it out <laughs> one or the other but if socks was his value his high value toy you could have had like a big couple of socks tied in a knot or whatever that when Mm. you came home you were like socks 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 everybody (laughs) and then he he would have had that drive right whenever you come home and it looks like excitement to you but really all it is is really he's not excited (laughs) really it's not it was all fake fake. it would have been all fake (laughs) it's total surface like excitement but still if that's what you want like them tap dancing at the door when you come home you can train it you can Mm -hmm. so I like I get I get what this like what the what this what this woman was saying I totally get it it's like to me it's sort of like um 
all the shows and stuff like that that they do with wild animals. Like, look at Siegfried and Roy. They have this big tiger show in Vegas that went on for years. Tigers, at the end of the day, are tigers. And these were tigers that had worked with them for, like, pretty much their whole entire lives and never had a problem. But one pop, bang, firework, something, whatever, that triggered the instinct of that tiger. And he damn near killed his show partner, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But that's because, like, he's a tiger. So I get what she's saying. There's certain innate things where you, you might see a behavior in a dog that you don't want, and it's and it's them. But yeah. I still I still think that there are one-offs. So Wiggum's a perfect example. Another perfect example is my dad's husky. So my dad is on, I think, his third husky now. I would never get a husky because I want a dog that comes back to me, doesn't run away from me. (laughs) And huskies are known for being pack animals, right? And they take off running wherever. Like you could never let them loose at the cottage or whatever. This husky that my dad has, and it was a rescue. So it wasn't even about how he was raised or anything. This husky does not. She, She stays with my dogs. Even if my dad takes her to a park, like Bruce Pitt, whatever, like dog park, up at the cottage, whatever, she doesn't go out of eyesight. Millhouse is the same. Mm-hmm. Whatever he's mixed, <laughs> I'm sure he has some husky or Malamute or something. Like he would stick around. Like at the dog park, he's better now, but he would always like stick around, not really run. Yeah. Like I would say that there's few things where that are like absolutes with the dog. So there's, remember we did that episode where we were talking about like certain abilities of dogs. Like there's certain dogs that cannot swim, like a boxer cannot swim, right? Was it a boxer or a English bulldog? <laughs> English bulldog. There's anyways, there's specific breeds that do not know how to swim. They might so <laughs> if you're looking for a swim partner <laughs> to do like yeah. your triathlon with you or to go surfing, I wouldn't recommend getting that dog. And even then you could put on a life jacket if you feel that strongly about it. But yeah. you might want to get a dog that's maybe a bit more capable when it comes to swimming. If you're looking for a dog to do your water sports with you, like that mm-hmm. would make sense. Like, you know what I mean? And like, look, you were looking for the family dog that's waiting for you hand and foot when you get home from work and brings your <laughs> slippers to you and fetches the newspaper when the paper boy throws it out. And, and you got this like total independent dude that was like, oh, yeah. you're home? Awesome. Great. Back to sleep. <laughs> And stuff like that. So, like, you just, you constantly hear about it. Like, even looking on Instagram, people will be like, look, my husky's broken. Or, like, my golden retriever's broken. Like, look at what they're doing. They're doing something, like, totally not within the realm of of that thing. But, uh, so, number one, the thing that I'll say about that is that, yes, there there are certain... Uh, innate qualities with breeds we went with the Weimaraner because they're known for being velcro dogs and I wanted a cuddler I wanted a dog that's going to snuggle up with me in bed and I got what I was hoping for (laughs) but Mm -hmm. knowing full well that you (laughs) you never know yeah you just never know and I could have gotten the one-off Weimaraner that like does not want to even like look at you or touch you and wants to be on their own but also I'm like I I know from other Weimaraner owners that they do not let their Weimaraners in bed with them that they do not let their Weimaraners up on the furniture like all this kind of stuff whereas mine are like right with me like everywhere I go our dogs sleep in bed with us they're allowed on the furniture we yeah we want we wanted that right so like that just happened like on its own but you can 
teach them not to, you can train them. And it is like partly how they're raised. So I think it's important to know and plan for the qualities that your dog might have if you're going with a specific breed. And knowing the challenges you're going to get. Exactly. It's going to need extra training. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you like a, a perfect example. And you heard me talk about this on the show before. But um, I wanted a cane corso, like really badly. I wanted a large breed dog. I wanted the challenge of having a large breed dog and having to stay on top of my training. And and that I know with that breed that you have to because they're like loyal. They tend to be a one owner type person and all these kinds of things. And like that they're guarding. They're bred for guarding. They're guard dogs. Yeah. So, um. So the first thing that I would do, and I'll give you an example because I just did it now, is I would Google up Cane Corso qualities or what are Cane Corsos known for? So here it says Corsi. (laughs) Corsi are intelligent, loyal, eager to please, versatile and intensely loyal to their humans, but are also assertive and willful You you, and can end up owning an unwitting owner. So meaning like they train you and now you're owned by this dog because of what they're doing. And this is what happens with all different types of dog behaviors, right? It can happen with a chihuahua, not just a, like a big scary yeah. looking dog like this. As with any other big guardian dog, responsible breeding and early socialization with people and other dogs is vital. Okay. So like I, I can go through the Google list here. It says, what are cane courses known for? Um, and it gives a similar uh, description. It says, with a large stature and protective nature, Corsos have been war dogs, large game hunters, guardians, farm workers, and moreover, um, and th- their long history. So, like, that that's what they were bred for. They were. They were war dogs. Like, there's photos of, the, like, historical photos yeah. of them, like, looking like absolute crazy beasts. And then, it, like, Google does it for you pretty much, right? So, like, is the Cane Corso a good family dog? So it says with proper socialization, cane corsi can be good family dogs as they are bred to be protective. The cane corso is <clears throat> best suited to a family with older children due to its large size and its and the nature of its behavior. So again, as you start to read into the breed, you start getting a feel for like, okay, wh- what this animal can be like. Mm-hmm. So number one, when I was seriously considering cane corsos, I knew all this stuff. So I found a breeder that my sister knew. And when you read the description of their breeding practices and what they do with their puppies, they start socialization from the second, like they're born with different noises, with the d- different stuff with the mom, like taking them out on different um, terrains and, and stuff like that, feeding at different times, like doing all this different stuff. They do this starting when they're like pups, pups, pups. So you know that these people know what they're doing and that they're going to do some of that pre-socialization for you. So you know that you're picking up wherever they left off. That's fine. And that you can just keep going from there. And then I want to, so I know for a fact when getting a cane corso, I'm going to have to be doing a lot of socialization. So I need to take that to account with my training. So I would be taking them on in vehicles. I'd be taking them to the park. I would be bringing them up on play structures and having them climb things and jump down. I would ha- take them to the water. I would take them to the sand. I would take them downtown. So they got the buses and the noises and the, all of the things. I would take them out on Canada Day. And again, like working with them around all these noises and people and things and working with them so that they're socialized because I don't want them 
reacting to anything out of their protective nature. Mm-hmm. And working with that meticulous training so that they know that it's none of their business unless I tell them it is, right? So yeah. when I say attack, my war dog can attack like anybody. <laughs> if I want guests, if I have unwanted guests in my house, attack. <laughs> it's time to go home. The guests have stayed a bit too long. You can say, no, you need like, attack. a different you need a different word. Yeah. Cotton candy. <laughs> Anybody want some cotton candy? <laughs> Maybe I'll make it my weird beep boop sound that I started. Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. Boop, beep boop, beep boop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boop, boop, dee boop, boop, boop. <laughs> it's like a, a robot. They'll be like, what the hell is Heidi doing? And then all of a sudden the dog, the next thing they see is Kane Corso in their face. Yes, especially a dog that size. You want to make sure that yes. the training is spot on. Because if they're going to pull you, if they're going to react to a human, it's going to hurt. And then know when you're doing your research that things work both ways too. So I can tell you because uh, for all of you that don't know, my pandemic project was making an Instagram account for my sweet boy Gibbon. And it was perfect and it continues to be perfect because um, Instagram is a place where I go on to just look at cute photos of dogs and follow other people's dogs. And it's nice and it's a break from like media and news and like all the stuff in the world right now. But I will frequently, I followed several King Corsos because I want to see that dog. I want to see the videos. I want to see like these types of dogs and what people are doing with them and this type of thing. And so I constantly, if I, I bet you if I pulled up my Instagram right now, I'm going to see um, all kinds of King Corso snuggling with kids that are under five years old. Like that, I know that there's one that constantly, it's like a little girl. She looks like she's about three and she's like sleeping on the couch and the cane corso sleeping like her head like the head is like the size of the (laughs) three-year-old and is like sleeping on top of her or she's like laying on the cane corso and the cane corso is tolerating it and everything's like tickety-boo but I also heard from like a family member of ours that they had a cane corso once and it was the worst dog they had in their life and that he was scared to come home every night because of this dog so there's that description that we read where this dog's gonna own you if you don't mm-hmm. keep on top of things, right? So yeah. he's like, don't, don't get a case, Corso, don't. They're vicious. They're vicious. And well, yeah, they are if you don't stay on top of it, dude. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're doing. So. But that could yes, be a lot of dogs. That could be a lot of dogs. It's just exactly. that King Corsos are big. Yeah. Seems a little bit worse. <laughs> it does seem a little bit worse, but then it yeah. holds you accountable because when mm-hmm. stuff happens that you don't want to, that that's you, man. Mm-hmm. And there's there's just certain things like I can think of so many examples. Like, um, so my first dog for all of y'all who didn't know this was Officer Scraps. <laughs> <laughs> my hu- husband and I uh, got him. Um, because I wanted a beagle and he wanted a border collie. And when we looked at the Humane Society list. There was a beagle border collie mix. So uh, if that's not meant to be, I don't know what is. So we got the dog, (laughs) Mr. Officer Scraps, the best dog ever. He was just an absolute sweetheart. And sometimes when you're rescuing, again, like like this um, woman said in her statement in that TikTok video, like know as much of the past as you can, but sometimes you don't have any Mm -hmm. past, right? Like people render animals 
for different reasons. They find them in different places. They find them in cardboard boxes at the side of the road. They find some of these dogs starved to death attached to a leash in some backyard somewhere. Oh, they, so you, it is like you, you, so you don't know what the past is, right? So then you can only work with what's in front of you. So again, being mindful of the behaviors and what can I research that's going to help curb this behavior to make them a successful dog with me and my family. So scraps as a, as a perfect example, I can remember when we got scraps from the humane society, it said that he came from a breeders and we're like, who the heck is breeding beagle border collie mixes, but (laughs) okay. And it said could stay in a crate for up to 15 hours. And then I was thinking who leaves a dog in a crate for 15 hours? Like that's Mm -hmm. cruel. And then it said, uh, doesn't like men in uniform and doesn't like basements. <laughs> well, so there you go. That, that's all we had for, for Scrappy. So Scrappy was the sweetest dog. Everybody loved him. We used to joke at the cottage. He was like the littlest hobo because he would, we would let him out in the morning and he would take off. And later on, you'd meet somebody canoeing up the lake and they'd be like, oh, Scraps came with me for my jog this morning. And so we used to joke that he was like saving babies from like fires and stuff like this. (laughs) And then would just come back and chill with us for the afternoon. And everybody on the lake knew him. And he was sort of like the lake dog, like everybody like loved Scraps. And um, but and he used to follow us around our house. And it's true, he would not go into the basement. But then after time of knowing us, and this was back when I didn't know anything about dog training. My what my husband knew was very, very minimal. He fit in with our family like a glove. You work into your own routine. Thank God they're smart enough to just sort of match up with whatever your routine yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And, but after a while, he would come into the basement because he grew to like love and trust us. Yeah. And Aww. he didn't bark at dudes in uniforms, really. And it's just because like they were given the love and feeling safe right like it's like that episode we did on body language and like once they start sleeping with their tummy up in the air next to you you like you know you've made it because they're like 100 like vulnerable to you and they're just like it's my pack it's my pack let's have a pack nap let's have a pack (laughs) nap um but yes like knowing all those different things and um i use the cane corsos as an example um because I did do some research and knew what I had to do. So like things that I was going to work on. So I'll go back to that example with a dog. So here I am getting a cane corso. I, I know they're guarding dogs. I know they can get protective. I know that they can be a one human person. So I'm going to number one, look at the breeder. I'm going to go and meet the parents and see what the parents are like, see what mm-hmm. their demeanor is like and see. So when you went to meet Wiggum's parents, what were they like? Um, Wiggum's parents, I think they were, so I didn't meet the dad because I think he was from the States. They brought him in. Mm -hmm. Um, but Wiggum looked exactly like his dad. I remember his name was Charlie and Mm -hmm. the mom was Libby and she was like super sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just Wiggum who was just different (laughs) unless the dad was like that, but did they describe the dad to you at all? I don't you remember. Can remember. Yeah, I don't remember. See, I remember them describing same thing. Like, I don't think um, was Gibbons dad. There? No, I don't think Gibbons dad was there. They had hit, they had sold him off to somebody else. 
but his mom was there and she was sweet. Like I can remember when I was signing the contract to like join the list, she came and she put her head on my lap and I was like, Oh, and I was like, make me a good baby. And she did. She did. <laughs> her name, her name was magic. And Aww. I forget, I forget who the dad was, but, um, impeccable, impeccable jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Gibbon is my perfect man. My perfect man. He's going to be my Valentine. (laughs) Going to give him a big kiss. My skinny Gibbs. He's skinny again right now. But anyways, so going back to the King Corso. So I I know what the breeders are like. I know what they're doing and that they're starting with all of the good things that need to happen for this dog to fit in with my family and what I want the dog to be. I would go and meet the parents, see what their affect is like, what their personalities are like, learn more about them. So you get a good feel for what this dog might, might be like. And even then you can get a one-off. Like I am, I'm the one-off in my family. I'm (laughs) nothing like my parents. (laughs) I say that, but maybe I am. And I just don't, maybe Maybe when you, maybe when you'll get older. Yes, maybe. It's coming. Yeah, maybe it'll be the age thing. I mean, sometimes I say stuff to them and I'm like, ooh, that sounded like my mom. But <laughs> maybe you're like your mom when she was your age. You just don't realize it. Maybe. Maybe. My bar. <laughs> so, um, again, going with the cane corso. So once I knew all those things and those were good, perfect. I'm going to talk to the breeders about what I should do to keep going with the training that they're doing mm-hmm. to have a successful outcome and see what they recommend. Because it's a guarding dog and it's super protective, protective, I am going to stay on top of resource guarding more so than anything else. More so Corso. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you don't want that dog guarding it. If I don't want that dog being pr- protective or reacting to somebody or biting at a kid that's like too much, like whatever, I'm I like coming around the toys, protecting its toys, protecting the food, protecting me, protecting one of the kids or whoever the dog might attach to. I'm, I'm not going to allow any type of resource guarding at all mm-hmm. with this dog. Yeah. Ever. So Ebba. that dog knows that that is an enforced boundary. And then, um, again, I'm going to look at different ways to socialize a, a cane corso as they as they grow old. And then I'm con- going to continue with other training, too, so that I know how to communicate really well with this dog, so that we understand one another and we know where what our boundaries and limits are. So, again, I would turn to the interwebs or the YouTube videos or all of our most favorites dog trainers. Yes. Is this? And I'm going to look for videos <laughs> on these things, such as resource guarding. And like nipping that in the bud, how to socialize a large breed dog. Yeah. Things to look out for with a large breed dog. And sometimes they just don't know their size. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. But going back to what this woman said, like, I agree with it and I don't. So all I'm saying is that obviously, like, if you... What kind of scenario can I set up here for? So if you are a super lazy, like Netflix addicted person who is not active at all and hardly ever goes outdoors, a hunting or sporting dog is probably not for you because they need to be run and they need the activity. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, oh, but I really like the Weimaraner or the German short-haired pointer or even like the German shepherd, like who's a working dog, right? Yeah. That needs all this stuff. They need the training. They need all of that. That's probably not a good dog for you. Could you end up with a one-off? Yes. But 
plan Probably for <laughs> plan for what the dog was was bred for or rescue and just read like the description of the dog really accurately because you might find a husky that's like super lazy or a german shepherd that's super lazy yeah that says it only needs one walk a day or whatever so like i find that a lot of the organizations that you rescue from they do an accurate description because they want the dog to be successful you know so read up on it and and figure out what you got to do. So definitely like pick the dog breed that's that works for you, but also um, like prepare, prepare, yeah, prepare. So I'm going to do another one that I've never done before. So I'm very curious about these bees and hounds. <gasps> so ever since I joined. Oh my god, they're just so the puppy is just so cute. <laughs> I love those dogs. So a bees and hounds are like they sort of have the body of like my Weimaraner, but then they've got like the 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 head shape and ear shape of like a Doberman, kind of. Like it almost <laughs> looks like an Egyptian dog. Yeah. <laughs> the bees and hound is the lithe and leggy visitor from the dawn of civilization. <laughs> Bred as a rabbit courser on the rocky shores of Spain's Balearic. Anyways, okay, how's that? A bees and hound. I, I digress. I Look, it, all it takes is one photo of a dog and I'm thrown right off the track. Okay, a bees <laughs> and hound qualities, okay? So I'm looking up. This breed is even-tempered, affectionate, and loyal. The abizan is a bit aloof but a sweet-natured, family-oriented housemate. Alert and watchful of strangers, they are nevertheless friendly and outgoing dogs. Puppies should be cheerful, playful, and healthy. And then it just says, are bees and hounds aggressive? Um, bees and hounds are generally not aggressive, but they do have a high prey drive and are not best suited for homes with small animals. They can learn to get along with cats if they're raised with them, but outdoor cats and other animals are fair game. <laughs> <laughs> these and hounds are, are a rare breed yes they are and then it says are they protective so they are playful protective and can be reserved with strangers they get along with other dogs but might chase after cats and small animals so we know that about them and then here i'll just look at one more thing um are bees and hounds high energy so a high energy level also helps to shape their temperament and they need lots of exercise and mental stimulation they're often good with other dogs but they might view smaller household pets as prey I want one. <laughs> God, there's such beautiful photos of them on here. Yes. My Lord. There's this one photo of them in this like super, you know, when you see a picture of a forest where it's like uh, not thick, it's all just like the trunks of the trees that you can just see straight, mm. like long, thin trees. Yeah. Oh my God. I so met pretty. one at the Holy Raw winter market, Christmas market. Yes. And how and how was that dog at the event? Like, was it weird and dirty and kind of all around, or did they have a good control of the dog? On no, the leash? they had good control. Yeah, yeah. So, see, like, afraid of strangers or they've done their work. They've leash trained this dog. This dog knows how. Like, they're communicating with each other on that leash, mm -hmm. so that the dog's not freaked out by this room full of strangers. Yeah. So there's a there's a guy in my neighborhood that has two of them and there's somebody because I joined the Facebook friends group of like the dog park that we go to Bruce Pitt and this a bees and hound uh, guy posts frequently 
uh, about yeah. them on on the Bruce Pitt like friends dog page. So I see. I think like, I've seen him. Yeah, he he lives in my neighborhood because I yeah. on the other side somewhere, and I think further out because I see him sometimes. And it's yeah. funny because we're both like sort of eyeing each other's dogs, like oh, <laughs> oh look at <laughs> look at your dog, nice dogs. And so um, I digress again. But if I were to seriously think about getting an Ibiza hound. <laughs> I would know that I'm going to have to be doing high energy stuff. So what I would be working on is recall or something like a fetch game where you can go out, throw the ball and burn off some energy with this dog, because that's going to have a huge thing to do with their Mm -hmm. temperament. Right. So look at stuff like that, whether it's Frisbee retrieve, you're going to want to train that with them as pups. Again, with the weirdness with strangers, I'm going to ask strangers, like, uh, we are social people, our family. We have family get-togethers all the time. We have people over at our house all the time. So I'm going to work with the dog whenever people come over to Mm -hmm. get used to that and work with that. Um, It says they can sometimes be aloof, but that they are very sweet. So, like, I would want to cuddle the dog. But, again, sometimes it's hard to... Maybe that's one thing where I would say, like, if you're looking for a super cuddler and you buy an aloof yeah. breed, that might be tough to work with them because you're going to be crossing a boundary. Like, you need to give them their space, too. Like, you yeah. can't force a dog if they don't like it, to they smush don't like face it. you. And, like, yeah, exactly. If they're it's trying like to Millhouse hug them. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. like it. He doesn't like it? Nope. Do you try to smush his face? Sometimes. Like, is, it, is, it just like <laughs> sitting, is it just, like, sitting next to him and stuff like that? Yeah. Because it's so funny. I don't think when like I'm... he hates it. It, yeah, it's yeah. not like Ralph where he'll be like, try to lie down on top of you, <laughs> <laughs> or my Lou who has zero personal space whatsoever. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a photo that that my husband took of me the other night because I was like, just I came upstairs and my husband's reading a book in bed, so I came and just like flopped down like on the bed next to him. And, like, the dog just, like, when the both of us are together, the dogs are like, ooh, are we piling up for, like, a cuddle? <laughs> they all, like, they all come. Movie night. <laughs> and um, um, let me look at this. Let me look for it. But anyways, um, so <laughs> she just, like, got, like, super just so in my face. Like, so ridiculously in my face. It's not even funny. And, of course, it's not saved on my phone anywhere. But anyways, I'll send it to you. But. So with an Ibiza hound, I know I'm not going to be getting all the cuddles that I necessarily want with this dog. But again, unless I get a one-off or I cuddle them lots as puppies. Mm-hmm. They might like but, it. But as I always complain about on this show, from day one, I touched Gibbon's paws nonstop and he's still the biggest whiny baby when I touch his paws. <laughs> and I'm like, how? <laughs> Touch your paws every day, and like as yeah. much of a cuddler as he is, even if he's sleeping on the couch and you go to touch his paws, he's like, "Excuse me," and he'll like move the other way, or he'll like move to the other end of the couch and be like, "Aw," <laughs> he gets up, walks over, curls up, drops down like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Give in. Give in. Yeah. So that can happen too. So. All that to say, this big all day like rant about this one TikTok post. We think we've <laughs> talked it up and down. I agree yeah. with her, but I also I I also don't agree with her. And when you look at the amazing things people do with their dogs, even the ones that are 
that we're told have very small brains and are not intelligent at all. And you see what people do with these dogs. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that training can go a long way if you put your mind to it and you know what you're doing. Yeah. And sure. so um, I think it Absuma. is about, I say plan for what the breed qualities are, but also know that if you put your mind to it and research it enough and know what you're doing, that you can also train and raise your dog the way you want them to be. Yes. I think so too. You can, you can train your dog to pretend like they're happy to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Or like I need to do the opposite because it's like literally like when I came home from work today or when you come in my front door the stairs are like right on front of you pretty much and so like as soon as the dogs hear the door it's like (laughs) I get charged like they come running down the stairs and it's like a friggin I feel like I'm playing like Red Rover like back in elementary school too Red Rover Red Rover someone come over (laughs) they're like and I'm like (laughs) we gotta take me down and it's so funny like, I, I can't believe they didn't learn it yet because I'm always like, no, 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 no. One day when they're older, Maybe. they'll be like, I can't do the stairs like that anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wait for them to get older, too. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the board game Dog Park again. Oh, yes. Because I played it. Yeah. The right way. Well, we were playing it the right way. We were missing a step. Yeah. So Dog Park is a game where you get to select dogs. So you're a dog walker and you get to select dogs and there's different breeds, um, working dogs, gun dogs, toy dogs, and you select them and you put them in your kennel. And then depending on the resources that you have, you can select which one you're walking and you can select more than one. So when me, Heidi and my boyfriend played during the recruitment phase where you would select the dogs off the board and kind of like bid on them and see who would get their first pick and all that we only did one round but you need to do two rounds so that you actually fill your kennel for the game which makes it just a little bit more challenging so we played again me and my boyfriend and it was the same like it was pretty good just a little extra challenging I lost by one point but I really like the game because there is like a little bit of strategy. It's not too complicated, but there's enough steps to make you kind of think and think about like what you're going to do next, what makes sense. And yeah, I'll have to come over and play it again. Yes. Because I can remember thinking that like certain things would be hard. Like you Mm -hmm. need like certain items to be able to walk your dog. And I remember thinking it's really difficult to get those items and to be able to walk as many dogs as you should be walking. Yeah. But then if you can walk like on your first round, if you can walk more than one dog, there are some dogs where they have like special things where when you collect a ball, you also get a toy. Oh, yeah. So you collect more resources like that. But yeah, it was a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Interesting. Good. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to do another round. Yes. Another dog park round. Another dog park round. Mm-hmm. Is that a wrap? Is that a wrap? A wrap. A wrap for today? It will be my second wrap because I had wraps for dinner. <laughs> I had a wrap for lunch. No! <laughs>
Oh, yes. Look at us rapping. <laughs> Rap artists, you and I. <laughs> beep, oh, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Let's Boop Snoots, and you can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes weekly. And before we let you go for the show, make sure to check out Holy Raw Nutrition, a raw food service located in Chelsea, Quebec. We would like to thank Holy Raw Nutrition for supporting our podcast, Let's Boop Snoots. Their products are sourced from ethical local farms and butchers to ensure freshness, quality, and peace of mind. They have raw blends that come in one to two pan containers, ranging from chicken, beef, duck, turkey, and many more. Holy Raw also provides dehydrated treats and all natural supplements to help support your pet's overall well-being, which makes me think that I need to get more rabbit ears. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I do get all my treats or a lot of my treats and my food for Ralph and Millhouse from Holy Raw, and they are excellent. So we are very thankful to have them as a sponsor. You can find them on their website at holyrawnutrition.com, Holy Raw as in H-O-L-I-R-A-W, nutrition.com. Thank you, Holy Raw. Thank you, Holy Raw. And also a big thank you to Stray Dog Brewing Company for supporting Let's Boops News. They are located at 501 La Colle Way, Unit 4 in Orleans, Ontario. Stray Dog Brewing Company is open seven days a week, Mondays through Fridays from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. with extended hours on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays until 9. Weekend hours are 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Saturdays and 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Sundays. They are a pet-friendly brewery, so bring your snoots. They also host great events throughout the week and offer brewery tours. Make sure to try some of their in-house beers, including Oatmeal Stout, Tropical Knockout, One Hop Wonder, and many more. You can find them on their Instagram at Stray Dog Brewing Co. and their website www.straydogbrewing.ca. Thank you, Stray Dog Brewing Company, for supporting our Let's Boop Snoots. Thank you. Thank you. And join us next week on Let's Boop Snoots. Beep boop beep. <laughs> <laughs> beep boop boop. <laughs>